0: Roll it, hello world! Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag. We are Church Tech. It's time to press start. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric, I here along with Jeremy Smith and Blessing Mbofu, and we're talking a little bit about replacing software when things go away. And if there's one tech company in the world that likes to just get their hooks in it, in it to get its hooks in us, and then just out of nowhere, you know remove themselves from our lives i'm looking at you google reader okay one of the best ways to consume internet content a customized feed of all your rss um i guess maybe the only problem is is they couldn't advertise and monetize it like they needed to maybe that's why i don't know um yes google ladies and gentlemen they're the ones that like to to pull the plug on things google plus i can't really say that a lot of people were super invested in that um i said a lot of people i didn't say no one because i know some people really were invested i'm just saying when i get requests from clients to add to remove google plus buttons i know that its death is real but jeremy um google hangout something that we use here at church Meg for this um i use it for work i use it a lot um google hangouts is like a quick easy go-to you don't need to necessarily have software installed like you do with skype and zoom and many other products it just kind of works and the audio quality and the latency and the ability to share a screen is super super easy but apparently that and a few other products are going away jeremy tell us more
1: well first of all for those that don't know google plus is going away right is this a surprise for people? <laughs> is that one of the four? No, no, no. Google Plus is oh, completely totally separate from that. So I mm-hmm. can't find the original article, but I know that it was that. Um, was it Duo that was one of the mobile Android apps? Google Hangouts. Um, just the so they have just I think they have seven different kind of communication messaging services, and um, they're trying. I think they're trying to pare some of it down because there's too Which much makes fragmentation. Sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and Google Talk may even still be alive. Where I I think I had a few credits left on Google Talk. <laughs> well, might have, you may not know. Probably um, <laughs> not. I know that they
1: out of everything uh, that I came out that. of Google Plus, Google Hangouts was the most successful thing out of everything that they had. Um they are getting rid of what is known as Google Plus, but they are keeping um Google Meet, which I guess is just the source code, but not blatantly tied into google plus so that part of the program is taken out um so i think they still have a lot to go as far as it's concerned but i don't know what do you first of all what do you think about google just constantly changing things over and over and over again and not like keeping it consistent
0: well what i have to think about that is you get what you pay for
1: sure Uh, oh yeah
2: yeah you get what you pay for if you're not paying nothing, you're going to get nothing in the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, to be frank about it, when it comes to subscription services, they're subscription. So in some sense, they're not necessarily tied to support. You know, when you release the software, um, there's a certain amount of commitment and follow through and support the last pretty undetermined number of years. But you expect a software product to have a certain lifespan right but when you have a cloud software like google documents and stuff like that then you you don't right because it's a subscription you Mm -hmm. paid for it this month you got it this month um i don't think we fully i don't think we've seen that fully play out quite yet so it's I'm, i'm curious to see i know google documents has changed a lot um i used to have old accounts that were back when it was free and you could have up to 50 users which is crazy um and then for a while you could get free to 10 users um and they just been slowly pairing that back i don't even think you can get that anymore 10 users to a custom domain but um yeah it's interesting to see these different things pair back um i have a feeling that i'm going to be one of those people that kind of holds on to the last minute just because uh, i don't know you just kind of wait for something new to emerge i remember when the google feed reader went away um you know eventually jumped over to feedly uh, but you know it's interesting you know google removing these services and stuff they're both it's this funny mix of them setting trends so they can stop trends but sometimes they have you know and probably this is probably a lot of their success is maybe seeing trends ahead of the curve it's hard to determine when with such a tech giant makes changes like are they seeing the trend before it gets here or are they making the trend, right? Are they trying to create a trend? Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious or to see.
1: are they trying to jump on a trend? Right. I <laughs> yeah, do you think that Google Hangouts was ahead of the trend, um, but the fact that they could not separate that out from Google Hangouts. Honestly,
0: um, I, I, think honest, it, I think it's as simple as dollar and cents, Jeremy. I mean, it costs money to host a simple website let alone an international communication mechanism for streaming video like multiple people dozens of people can be on the same video call at once the latency was 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 solid like you could share i mean it was it was great it, it worked so well but that was like, <laughs> well <laughs> right but i mean that costs money to run yeah. and what does google get out of it What money are they making off of that, you know?
1: I mean, they are splitting off into Google Meet, so it's not like it's gone. True. But they are turning into a business model um, as opposed to a general communication technique that somebody could um, use to Skype each other or to FaceTime.
0: Right, and maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it's all about, Jeremy. Maybe it's about beta testing with the masses, seeing what's work, collecting data so that you can offer... A really nice product in the end. I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's just part of the Google mystery, I suppose. But
2: what what and is I, an e- another note? That's their prerogative, right?
0: You are absolutely right. Absolutely
2: right. I, I, I always get upset. Well, I used to get upset. Um, you know, uh, even with the outrage of. Uh, like how dare they shut this down when we're using it, and they've gotten used to us to this um, gotten us used to uh their product or something um yeah, so what do we do?
0: Hangouts go if if let's just assume that right I guess i I guess the question becomes you know what are the steps that you take? How do you approach replacing software that you like? Um, I've run that some. I, I'm in the process of trying to get rid of my Adobe Creative Suite because it's a lot of money every week or every week. Well, every week, too, I guess. It, it's a lot of money every month and every year. You know, is there value there? Is there quality there? Sure. But it's just not uh, a regular expense that I, I really can or would like to, to justify. Um, and so moving to something different, um, it's interesting because a lot of times we confuse something different as being bad because it's not as natural like when i jumped i jumped into gimp as an open source alternative right um and immediately i didn't like it and it had nothing to do with whether or not gimp was any good it had to do with the fact that it worked different than what i was used to i didn't know the hotkeys wasn't sh- i didn't know how the layers work et cetera, et cetera. um uh it fundamentally works a little bit differently with the scaling of images, the way it downscales, et cetera. So you could be more mindful of, of, of how you edit and stuff like that because it's, it's more destructive editing uh, than non-destructive editing. But that all being said, the biggest pain point for me was just feeling clumsy about everything. And so I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles that you have to, to, to make over is... Understanding the difference between something different and something worse—that's that's the that's the trick,
2: um, Eric. Is that I think even though everything's going great with a particular um, piece of software or app or whatever it is, I think it's always good to learn something else or discover an alternative. Like always, have one in the one in the bag, uh, um, and like a just a backup uh, in the event that something does happen. Um, you don't get stuck. I think that's the first thing. It's is if you only know just how to do something in one program. I think it would be a good time to upskill and always know in at least two ways um, or two apps that you know how to
0: yeah i mean i i can see that i mean i can see it argued a lot of different ways um now i've got software that
2: i use and i know how to i mean i can use it in my sleep um but i always have the one that i don't necessarily have to be as good on it as i am on what i use often but at least i know how to get like
0: some of the important
2: things done um you know, with like an alternative. Yeah.
0: What I find interesting to me, the big takeaway from what you're saying, because I I think you could also argue like be, be good, be focused, lead with the strengths. You know, don't worry about learning all the programming languages. It's best to focus on those that are within your field. You don't have to know it all to be good at one or two things. Just know one or two things really well. Um, But I think what you're highlighting is a couple things. One, like fundamentals, so if you're talking about design software, you should just have good fundamentals of good design. And if you have that, you can use any tool or just about any tool to, to make some great things, right? You might be better with another tool. You might be more crafty. You might, at the end of the day, make something better. But you still can make something pretty solid with a different tool. So I think the fundamentals is key. I think uh, another interesting observation that I have found personally with dealing software, dealing with software is that I found that software that is available on both Windows Windows and Mac or Windows, Mac and Linux to be some of the best software that I've that that I've used, not always 100 percent of the time. But I have found in general, generally speaking, if I can find an application that is cross platform, I find that it is I enjoy it a lot more. And I can't help but wonder if it's because they are, like you're saying, blessing, well versed in the different platforms, the different mindset and the different user base. And they're able to present something. They're able to kind of cherry pick what's good. And what's not, maybe, maybe not. that's just a little theory of mine. I have no idea if it's true. Maybe I'm just talking out of my backside. I don't know, but <laughs> I think it plays into a little bit what, with, what, uh, with what you're saying. And I would also say,
1: I think that in that process, um, I agree with what you guys say, but at the same time, we also use the um, platforms for more than just ourselves. So if it was just, if it was something like church tech, where we want to make sure that they feel comfortable with what they're doing, we can use most anything and we don't have to necessarily, worry too much we can now we about that cherry picking stuff that's great but uh, with what we're doing we're interacting with people like as a one-off like we're literally going to be recording an interview here in a little while and those people um, need to have a little bit of familiarity if they're going to want to feel comfortable or maybe we don't even worry about them feeling comfortable at all and we don't have to take that into effect but i think that that has to also be a part of the process of who all is using it because if it's just the church staff church staff can kind of get over themselves. They can kind of figure out what they need to do and and move on with life. Um, But if you have a lot of guest speakers that come into your church, um, there's a lot of worship things or you're part of your community that there's a lot of activities that happen. You need to make sure you incorporate that into your decision making Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Um, It was probably, it's coming up almost on a year and we made a major software change um, at where I work. Um, we changed our project project management. It was project management. It was a lot of different things. Um, we had multiple pieces of of software to do our work, and we pulled it all into one new thing right and it was to give us more control, more oversight. It was a very good move right as to, for the business to grow, to have everything in one place consolidated, et etc. But what was difficult is getting our heads around the idea of how it behaved so much differently than what we used before. And so in that process, we set it up and made it work as closely as our old workflow as possible in in, in how we labeled things and how we thought about things. We basically took the new software and engineered it and ran it as closely to the old as possible, so it it uh, stunted the the learning curve a little bit, so that it was a little bit easier to assimilate and to get comfortable because we didn't have to rethink so many things all at once. Right? It was already foreign enough. Right? But kind of the fundamentals of how we worked remained the same. After doing that for a while, a couple of things happened. Number one, we got comfortable with all the new the newness. Right? So that wasn't as shocking and jarring. And then we had time to kind of mess around with how it was worked different and was built different and had like these other features and what are those features and how can they be used, et cetera, et cetera. And, over the, or the, for the course of time, we begin to evolve and change, and now the workflow and how we use everything looks completely different than before, but that wouldn't have been possible hadn't we created a natural segue between the two. So I think that really points to what you're saying, Jeremy, in that when you have a new system or you have a different system, to onboard it or present it in a way that is easier to understand and to kind of onboard, even... You know, I'm talking about a software business operational change, but it can also apply to, as your great example, when you have a guest speaker, right? I understand you have a cool wireless headset thing, right? And you got that cool this, that, and the whatchamacallit and everything, and that's what your church does. But it might be a good idea to give that guest minister the option of just a regular old wireless mic, because that may be the most comfortable thing for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, are you also talking about, um, this is an
2: interesting thing, is that you've got the old stuff, right, that going away, that, um, not the old stuff, um, but then uh, then you've got the legacy, issue of, like, integration with, like, legacy stuff. Um, to what extent? So let's assume that um, Google Hangouts wasn't quite going away, for example, but they were just going to stop updating it. Um, at uh, you know how how much leeway or how much time do you spend on something once you know that it's uh, they're not going to work on it anymore mm-hmm. um, and at some point it's not going to be available but you don't know when and how that will impact you in the future maybe the answer is, it, is in the question but but you do have Similar.
0: Yeah, I, I think when you have that warning, that you have that mile marker, I think then that is a good opportunity. And you can only do this if you give yourself the time and you start thinking about it early enough, right? Um, is, is you rethink things a little bit. You think, okay, what problem was this trying to solve? Okay, like fundamentally look at it. What problem was this trying to solve? And you're going to find out a couple of things. You're going to find out whether or not the problem still needs to be solved. Phil talked about that a lot, right? How we were, we had fixes and solutions for problems that we that were fixing a problem that was created by trying to fix another problem that didn't exist anymore <laughs> right? this is like a very meta cyclical process so then ask yourself does this problem need to be solved anymore right and if the answer is yes then instead of thinking about how can we solve this as similar to the way we're solving it now ask the question of what is the best way to solve that problem now because it's quite possible that there has been a new solution that's came about that doesn't look like the way you solved it previously. And then at the end of the day I suppose if if you're checking all the boxes and you're still on the same trajectory, then maybe you have to do find something that's as close to what you liked as before, right? And if you give yourself plenty of space, you can try those things out. You know, you give your give your give yourself a little time to beta test. Like I'm trying a few a few new things um in my daily flow And I'm not going to have the team adopt them until I've had an opportunity to check it out to make sure that I do want everyone to be trying it. Um, And and I think that that's the key, too. Um, There's this kind of mentality of you have to be all or nothing or 100% in it or not. And that is true. The part that isn't true is that you're not married to it. So if you're trying something and you're all on board and you're given 100% and it's just not working, please stop don't sign a contract just try it out for a couple months and if you need to pivot and try something else then do that but please don't become committed and stuck with something that's terrible i've made that mistake
2: before where i've um gone by people's recommendations and everyone said that is great you know that's the great solution that's the best alternative and i was like okay i trust those guys and put money up front um and, you know, got the software licenses and started using it and thought, what have I done? Um, you know, so make use of the trial versions. I know this sounds funny, but make use of the trial versions. Um, in some instances, I've actually requested extensions um, because I hadn't quite figured out certain things and that worked out to my advantage. And I eventually, the good thing is I eventually... Um, ended up buying into it. But don't undermine the importance of mm-hmm. trial versions. Yeah.
0: And if you're not 100% sure and you can't get an extension, then, you know, compared to something else, sometimes trying something different. Is a different email? You know, if, if, if something, <laughs> right, <laughs> that works too. Um, if you try something different, then that might actually help you evaluate what you're trying now, right? You can be like, oh, wow, this what I was using before is much is superior. I definitely want to go that route where your eyes are open and you're like, Whoa, glad I didn't go with that. Right. So what do we do for church bank as far as the podcast stuff?
1: Do we go for something like, uh, I think uh, we should take a look at zoom. (laughs) Yep. That those, that's kind of the industry standard, um, which is easy to do that. You'd have a little bit of installation from, the standpoint of the other people that might join in with us. There's also Skype, which is kind of a general approach, but is a Ew. little buggy. Ew. I've never been happy with Skype. And then there's the one that's very similar to ours in the Meetup, but we haven't. It's kind of untested. We haven't really used it, like we were talking about Meetup or Meet um, from okay. from Google, which is basically Hangouts, but. Who knows if
0: they'll change again. Because pay- as much as I want to just say, let's just try meat, and if meat works, call it a day, part of me wonders about, like, compression, and there's a few other things that I'm curious for, the use that we're using it for. Ooh, curious to know, yeah. you know, that... How, that, how that all plays out. So that's what we're going to do. What about the phone? The phone? Well, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Hey, what if we use FaceTime? No, <laughs> you know what? You can well,
1: use FaceTime. I mean, blessing. you say no immediately, but it does have a benefit if we were to do live streaming, kind of like what we're doing now.
0: Well, let's right? let blessing yeah. can do FaceTime. He can do FaceTime.
1: No, let's not do FaceTime. I was just saying that. Why? why, why what
2: issues do you have with FaceTime, Mary? <laughs> I don't have any issue. Just doesn't work for
0: everybody. <laughs> multi solution that works for everybody I, I want it to be multi-platform blessing okay we're yeah. not going to be we're but going to be inclusive of everyone else. we are going to use something that will work on the majority of computing devices I wouldn't hang up then, then you need to get.
2: Then you need to get a, 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 some Apple devices for FaceTime.
0: I'm not going to speak. I'm not going to speak to the the the, the few the few privileged people in the world that can afford such lavish things <laughs> as i products. Oh, lavish things! Mike dropped. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yes, really. <laughs> yes, really. <Yeah. laughs> Goodness. Can you imagine getting
1: a Macintosh just so you could podcast? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that would make Jesus cry a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, Jeremy. Jesus Jeremy, is Jeremy, probably Jeremy. wondering why
1: you're not an apple stomach.
0: Yeah, right? Jesus is removing his AirPods right now. <laughs> and on that
1: note, that's been the podcast.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right.